Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God designed parents, or the single parent, as the primary teacher for their children. Now, obviously we have lots of other ways today for our children to be taught, but they're all secondary. But understand, following God, becoming a Christ follower, is not automatically transferred from the parent to the child. They must be taught and see biblical principles in action. How are you setting an example of the gospel of God to your children today? Are you pursuing intentional spiritual time with them? Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners how God's original intent and design for the spiritual nurturing of children was not the church or the school, but the home. Believe it or not, your children watch your daily habits and your responses to situations. What a legacy you can leave them by setting a standard of fearlessly serving our Lord no matter what. Will the generations after you speak of your devotion to Christ or devotion to this world? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Ordinary Home, Extraordinary Child. As a child, to the age of 30, Jesus would live real life just like you and just like me. He would go through all types of earthly trials. You'll see in our passage today, he would grow. He'd be ready, but he wouldn't fulfill his ministry until he was 30. He would not start his ministry to others until the age of 30. He would go through daily life with God, with people. He would learn how to interact in a home environment with parents like you and I did, with brothers and sisters. Jesus knew what it was to work, to work hard. He was a carpenter, difficult work, not a lot of money. He would experience frustration in the home with his brothers and sisters. Why? Because they didn't believe he was the Messiah. They actually, his brothers and sisters, thought he was crazy until he was resurrected. He would experience the hurts of life. As he'd walk into that little town in Nazareth, people would go, there's that child from an, he was born out of wedlock. He would understand those kind of things. He was raised in a, well, a fairly poor home in a city with a horrible reputation. And Jesus would experience the pain of his earthly father dying. We don't know when in those 30 years Joseph died, 
but Joseph died. And he, Jesus, would experience what it's like to have a parent die. And because of that, we don't know exactly when, but Jesus, like many of you today, would be raised in a single parent home. That's amazing, isn't it? So as we begin to understand all that God did in Jesus' life, that's why when you look at these prayer requests, Jesus knows all about it. You're here this morning and stuff's happening in your life. Life just happens. God knows. And you're going to see how amazing it is because he loves to answer prayer. So look at the first verse that we asked you to turn to this morning, Luke 2.39. Watch what it says. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee in their own town of Nazareth. So Mary and Joseph were godly parents. They followed all the biblical requirements for themselves and for baby Jesus. Somebody has written it like this. Mission accomplished. Census enrollment completed. Miraculous baby birthed. Circumcision performed. Name given. Purification carried out. Firstborn presented and dedicated. Blessings and prophecies heard and stored away in amazement. And the new family returned home to the obscurity of Nazareth, having done everything required by the law. You see, as we learned last week, Mary and Joseph knew the Bible and they obeyed the Bible. So they are setting in the home for Jesus and, of course, the other brothers and sisters that Jesus would have later, a perfect example. First thing to write down today is this. The home is the place where God's word is to be taught and lived. You see, when God designed man, he designed the home. The home is to be the foundation of our world. Before there was a school, before there was a government, before there was a church, there was a home. One man, one woman that knew God. You see, marriage is not a twosome. It's a threesome. God at the head of the marriage. Our world has tried to and is doing a very good job redefining marriage, but it's 100% wrong. The only way marriage works is one man, one woman in relationship to God. So when you begin to see this, there was nothing, there was nothing but the home. And that's where life was to be done. Now, I want you to turn, if you will, Old Testament, Old Testament, book of Deuteronomy. You'll see it on the screen. All of our campuses, not hard to find, Deuteronomy. And as you go there, take a look. Chapter 6, chapter 6, it's like the fifth, fourth, fifth book right into the Bible. Chapter 6, verse 4. Now, here we're early on to the nation of Israel, parents and grandparents. Here were the instructions. They still apply to us today. Look at verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your, your what? Your heart. It's not, it's not a head deal. It's a heart deal. Impress them on your neighbor's children. 
Is that what it says? No, impress them on your children. Here's an interesting word. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Pastor Mike, that looks like it's 24-7. Hello. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Here's what I want you to write this morning. God designed parents, or the single parent, as the primary teacher for their children. Now, obviously, we have lots of other ways today for our children to be taught, but they're all secondary. But understand, following God, becoming a Christ follower, is not automatically transferred from the parent to the child. They must be taught and see biblical principles in action. Now, Sometimes in our homes, what you see in that next verse from Proverbs, we get it wrong. Watch this. My child, listen when your father corrects you. How many of you here are fathers? Let me see your hand. How many are your fathers? Okay, good, good. Now, that's it. Mother has nothing to do. Yeah. Dream right along. Now, watch this. Here, here's the problem. Many homes... The husband thinks he has nothing to do. Notice, my child, listen, when your father corrects you, don't neglect your mother's instruction. How many mothers do we have here? Good. So what does that mean? Both are to be involved. Single parent, God will make up for that which is lacking in your house. So I understand. What you learn from them will crown you with grace. Sometimes we want to crown our kids, but that's not what that's talking about. We, we will crown you with grace and a chain of honor around your neck. God says if you'll honor your parents, students, what a blessing. Of course, not things that are not biblical. So we have to understand that God has designed in our society the home to be the major influencer. But we live in very difficult times. No, we're not throwing the TVs out. We're not cutting off the internet. But we have to understand the Bible has to be taught. So write this down, would you? Parents are to teach their children the Bible. They're not going to learn it anywhere else. Notice God says, these commandments are for me. You are to learn and obey them because they tell you how to do life right. The world will not tell you how to do life right. So Jesus was raised to know the Old Testament scriptures. Actually, most Jewish people, boys in school, would have memorized many parts of the Bible. Later, Jesus would even say this, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, notice in Deuteronomy, it also said this. Write this down this morning. Parents are to spend time at home talking about these principles. The most valuable thing you have in your life is time. You can't replace it. You can't get it back. I don't have tomorrow guaranteed at all. So today is the day. Now, if you spend time, notice the word in our verse was talking. What's our families look like today? Husband, wife in the front room, if you can ever get the kids in there with you. And what's it look like? Everybody's on their iPad. Everybody's watching TV. Nobody's talking. 
How many hours a day is the average person in the United States? Well, how much time do they spend with all kinds of media? Answering emails, you know, all all those kind of things that we do. Here it is. Adults, 11.7 hours a day. Children, 10.8. If you had eight hours of sleep, there's not much left. But think of that. So the personal talking is huge. Billy Graham says this. Children will invariably talk, eat, walk, think, respond, and act like their parents. Give them a target to shoot at. Give them a goal to work toward. Give them a pattern that they can see clearly. You give them something like that, and silver and gold cannot buy it. You see, modeling this biblical lifestyle is not just saying to your children, do and don't, but it's developing a set of convictions As they watch you do life. Now, verse 40. All of our campuses. And the child, Jesus, grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. So Jesus began to grow in all ways, just like a normal child would be. Just like his parents, Jesus would spend time, as I said, study in the Bible, prayer, And God began to not only grow him physically, but there was a spiritual aspect of his life. God's wisdom and God's grace started to grow upon Jesus. Now, look at Luke 2.41. Every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to... To the custom. Now here's a picture of what's happening. Remember that Jesus grew up in a home. Now where are they going to go? They're living in Nazareth, way on the top. They're going to go down to Jerusalem. Because Jesus grew up in a home where God's laws were obeyed. And the the annual Jewish festivals, three of them were observed, commanded in the Old Testament. So when possible, they would go down to Jerusalem. So this year was no different. The family set off as usual. They would travel 80 miles, just get on a train or get the bus, and boom, you're right there. No, they would walk 80 miles, three days there and three days back. But notice what that scripture said, as was their custom. Would you write this down? All of us need to consistently put God first in every area of our life. It wasn't a question. Well, what do you think, Mary? Should we go to the Passover or not? Well, I'm feeling a little tired. I got a lot of work to do. No, they went. There was consistency. Now, when they got there, Jesus observed that priority. Hopefully you have it. Church should not be an option to you. It should be just a normal kind of deal. We're going to church so we can learn together as a family. Now remember, the Passover was a celebration of the children of Israel being freed from bondage by God. And that was an amazing time when they would go. And it was a picture of Jesus because a lamb was sacrificed, blood put on the doors. And so they would go to celebrate that. Jesus would walk those very steps. Now, when I was thinking about that over the week, 
And this is just, it's just some ideas in my mind. We don't know what Jesus thought. But what would Jesus think when he walked those temples, those southern steps into the temple? What was going through his mind? Now remember, Jesus came from heaven. Did he have recollections when he walked into the temple? Did he remember thousands of years ago when Abraham, for the very first time, walked on that mountain? Mount Moriah, and offered his son for a sacrifice, and God provided another one. Did he remember a two thousand? Well, for Jesus, a thousand years before, when King David came into Jerusalem and captured the city. I don't know. Did he remember as he walked into the steps, and he was inside the temple? Did he think about the prophecies that? those leaders in that city would be the ones that falsely accuse him. And he would end up being beaten just a few steps away from the temple in the Antonio Fortress. And did Jesus know as he walked into Jerusalem on the outside, we know this as a fact, that he would be crucified outside the city walls. See, he's 12, We really don't know. But I thought about it a lot as he's there. Remember, he's fully God, but he's fully man. Now, verse 43. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking that he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among the relatives and the friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. What's happening here? Well, usually in those days, going to Jerusalem, Galilee, from different places, you would always go in a caravan, lots of people, for protection. Kind of dangerous on the roads from robberies and so forth. So after these seven days of celebration at the Passover, Jesus' family are heading back. And they're just assuming... He's, he's, he's in part of the caravan, maybe at the back with some of his friends, just as a teenager would do, and just having fun or whatever. And then they discover, sometime during the first day, he's nowhere around. Jesus simply isn't here. So Mary and Joseph turn back to find him. Look at verse 46. After three days, they find him. A day back, a day looking all through Jerusalem with thousands of people. Then on the third day, they find Jesus. Now, how many of you this morning remember when one of your children went A-W-O-L? <laughs> how do you remember? Now, if they're a teenager, what would you say? Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. We can eat now, Mary. We can eat. Just keep going. But if they were a three-year-old, what would you say? You panicked. It's very difficult. Well, here's Mary and Joseph. Now, are Mary and Joseph real people? So are they going to have real emotions? So what are they thinking? Day one. Day two. What are they thinking? Ah, c'est la vie. Probably not. So you're going to see real things. That's what we're doing. We're looking at the life of Jesus that you and I can understand. Obviously, there would be anxiety. There would be panic. Well, look at verse 46, the end. After three days... Vieira, Sebastian, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them 
circle the word, questions. Now, Mary and Joseph finally find Jesus in the temple area. Now, what was the temple area? See, God's presence was always found in the temple, in the holies of holies. It's unlike today. Where is God's presence today for a Christian? It's right here. We're the temple of God. But not in those days. They had to go to the temple to experience the presence of God. And so here he is. Jesus is there. And uh, Mary and Joseph see him, and he's asking questions of the religious leaders. During those amazing holidays, lots of different rabbis would get together, and they would discuss all kinds of... You know, if you know a lot of Jewish people, they like to talk, and they like to really get into it. All kinds of stuff. And that's exactly what was happening. Remember, remember the religious leaders in Jew, and, Jew, and Jerusalem were kind of in two camps. So they were always arguing back and forth and going on. I was thinking about this. We don't know. Could it be that they were discussing the prophecy of the coming Messiah? And who's sitting with them? And they don't know it. They never did believe it. But we know that they knew about the prophecy. You know why? Remember the wise men? Came to Herod, said, we're looking for this new king. Herod had to get the religious Jewish rulers to say, well, do you know anything about this? Where would he be born? And what did they say? Yeah, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, six miles away. But they never went to Bethlehem because they didn't believe it. So I thought, well, that would be great if he's listening to them and saying all this stuff. And he's going to go, oi, bae, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Whatever. But what was Jesus doing? He was asking questions. Listen to this writer. The best scientists have the attributes of kids. They ask questions, and they have a sense of wonder. They have curiosity. Who, what, where, why, when, and how. They never stop asking questions. And I never stop asking questions because I'm like a five-year-old. I want you to write this statement. We'll read this later. Asking questions is a great way to learn. You see, if you come to the place where you don't have to ask any questions anymore, you might as well just die because you're not going to learn anything. We learn by asking questions. Can I hear an amen? Uh, Of course we do. In the future, your children will, say it with me, ask you. They're going to ask questions. What is the meaning of these laws and decrees and regulations that the Lord God has commanded us to obey? Then you must ask your wife to tell them. Or call the pastor. No, it's for the parents. Then you must tell them. It's all about the Exodus. We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. The home is a place where God's Word is to be taught and lived, and parents are ultimately responsible. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that parents are to teach their children the Bible. Parents are to spend real time at home, absent from distraction, talking about biblical principles. Children are always watching and learning. Have you put God first in every area of your life as an example to the next generation? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. What was Jesus' home like growing up? How can we glean from His life as a child? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of Jesus as a young boy. Even at a young age, Jesus stayed on mission to the purpose his father sent him for. Much of his development can be accredited to the godly home he was raised in. Joseph and Mary's example of faith set the tone for the entire household. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world A new hope he is given